This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Hello, hello. How the heck are you, friend? We're going to talk about something so not fun today, but as always, we're going to make it a little more fun. We're going to talk about how to prioritize when you have competing intentions. Not everyone's favorite situation, am I right? And if you're listening real time and you are in this place where you're wanting to prioritize and be productive but be super thoughtful about it, I have to remind you that we are running a workshop on this in August and it's going to be so much fun. So make sure to go to kirstenparker.com forward slash get shit done to come to the get shit done decision making workshop. Because there are actually things that you can put in place in your decision-making to make it easier to prioritize and be productive in the way that feels good and satisfying and not Bernie Audi. And obviously, that's what we want. So make sure you sign up for that. It's totally free. KirstenParker.com forward slash get shit done. Yay. Okay, let's get into the three strategies I'm going to give you for how to prioritize when you feel like you have competing intentions. We're going to look at sometimes how this is actually not true or not the entire truth. And sometimes it actually is the truth and that sucks. But we're going to give you a way to feel totally in charge of your choices and be intentional about what you do no matter what. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do if you're in this place where you feel like you're backed into a corner and you're like, ah, I can't do it. A cancels out B and B cancels out A and I want both and I'm screwed. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is check... Is that true? Usually, when we're convinced we have competing intentions, we're operating on that as a given fact. It feels like an absolute truth. It's a conclusion we've drawn without usually double-checking if it's accurate. And it can feel awkward to kind of backpedal from that perspective. But if you can get yourself to do it, you would be amazed at sometimes being able to see a way through this so-called problem that you just couldn't see before. So the way I ask clients to consider this is asking, how might I be able to get everything I want? Which, P.S., can we just ask this question all the time more often? Because it's a really fun question, and I feel like we should be encouraging ourselves to stop jumping to these conclusions that we can't have what we want. Let's ask more often, all the time, regularly. How might I be able to get everything I want here? Mm, Yes, please, confetti for that. The reason this is such a fun question is because your brain takes direction from you. And if you're walking around your life saying, there's no way any of this will work, I'm screwed, game over, your brain will operate thusly. That mindset will color the options you see available to you and determine the decisions you make. But if you walk around your life saying, it might be possible to get everything I want, what a fun life. What would that look like? That's where your brain will go. So that's where I really want you to start. Just with this question of like, maybe what if? What if I might be able to get everything I want here? 
This is what helped a client who felt stuck with competing intentions see how she could both have the holiday season with her husband that she wanted and have the family experience that she wanted. And she just like had convinced herself for some reason that she couldn't do both. Or maybe even I think her family suggested like, oh, that won't work. What we want won't work because of what you already said you want. They were kind of guilt tripping her about it, which happens a lot. We can be told that our intentions are competing or our goals are competing. So if you're getting that message from inside your own head or anyone outside of you, it never, ever hurts to just take a breath and take a step back and think, wait, could I have everything I want? Let's just check. You don't have to make your voice all high and weird like that. But, you know, sometimes it helps. Okay, that's what I want you to do first. Second, the thing that is very, very helpful to me a lot of the time is separating out what you want from how you want it to happen. So the reason we see a lot of our goals and desires as in competition with each other is because they actually can't happen altogether in the exact way that we envision them in our minds. But that doesn't necessarily mean they can't all happen. So this has come up a lot in conversations with clients about, you know, I want to write a book and I want to raise my kids. If you think both of those things require undivided full-time attention, they are competing. If you want to be happier, but you don't think you can be happier until you quit your job, but you don't think you can find a new job till you're happier because you need to be happy and open-minded to look for opportunities and interview effectively, blah, 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 blah. You are stuck between a rock and a hard place. If you want to visit Christmas markets in the tiny towns of Tuscany and you want to spend the holidays with your extended family, but you think that those things can only happen in the exact same week, you've created an impossible problem. This is why it's a great habit to develop, to notice when you feel backed into a corner, when you feel stuck in one of these circular problems where I can't solve A till I solve B, but I can't solve B till I solve A places. And separate out what you want. I want to have a book written. I want to have happy kids and enjoy raising them. I want to feel happy. I want to get a new job. I want to frolic through European Christmas markets and hang out with my family. Separate out the what from the how. Your mind is on your side. You are on your own team here, okay? You know me and you know that that is my life philosophy. We're not out to get ourselves. We're not out to sabotage our own happiness, okay? We don't have time for that. (laughs) But we are problem-solving machines. And sometimes we get a little overeager and we think, oh, okay, if this is what you want, I'm going to just like construct a set of blueprints in the back room here so that when you think about what you want, this image of exactly how it needs to happen will appear and we can get really, really stuck in that. So when you can separate out the what from the how, it's like you create more options out of thin air. It's remarkable. 98% of the time, made up statistics, still valid, there is wiggle room in the how. And that wiggle room is how we get more of what we want just in different ways than how we envisioned it. But that's solid gold. If we can be a little flexible with the how, we can get more of what we want. Yes, please. Thank you very much. So those are my top two places that I would love for you to start if you feel like I have competing intentions and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to prioritize. I don't even know where I'm going. Check 
is there actually a way I can get everything I want? And then separate out the what of what you want from the how that your mind has lovingly crafted in the back room. I know I breezed past that example of wanting to be happier, but also thinking you can't do that till you find a new job, but also thinking you can't do that till you feel happier. We could make a whole podcast on that. So tell me if that's what you want, because this is a conversation I actually have with a lot of clients. And this is why having this awareness of what do I want is so important. Because if you do want to be happier, let's find a way to make that possible right now. And if you want to explore new job options, great. Let's make that happen too. Let's question how strict and absolute the hows in our minds are. Because I don't take what you want lightly, and I don't want you to either. If you really want all of these things to be happier, to find a new job, to write a book, to go to the Christmas markets, you deserve to be honest about that and give yourself the best chance to get what you want. Yes, please. Okay, that kind of brings us to our third strategy, which is the bummer scenario where you're actually not going to get everything you want. Okay, sometimes this is reality and we have to talk about it. Sometimes there's a world in which you are not going to be entirely happy or someone else isn't. And when that's the case, when you've looked through all of these other strategies that we just talked about, and there is this scenario where you just have to pick something over something else, the first thing I would like you to do is take a moment to accept that. Now, focusing on how crappy it is that you can only have A if you don't get B will only stretch out your stress about it. And I know you don't want to spend a month agonizing in a pity party about the situation, so you don't have to focus on it, but you do have to at least validate if something is genuinely disappointing or frustrating or even heartbreaking, okay? Let yourself like say it out loud. Let yourself be honest in that moment that you are moving through that, okay, you know what? This is just like one of those crappy life situations and I'm disappointed right now. I'm feeling disappointed. When it comes to actually making the decision, so you're facing things that are in some kind of competition with each other in some kind of conflict and you have to decide, what can help sometimes is thinking in terms of trade-offs, all right? In these kinds of situations, our loss aversion, which is one of your built-in cognitive biases, is on high alert. It's very tempting to focus on what you're giving up or what you're missing out on, which makes that take kind of center stage in your mind, which exacerbates the crappy feelings that you're feeling. It frames the situation as one in which you are kind of disempowered and the loser or the victim, which especially sucks because a lot of what our loss aversion picks up on is made up. We assume we're giving up or missing out on things in our imaginations, but the crappy feelings that that assumption creates are very real. So we want to be aware that this is happening. You want to have an awareness that, okay, if I'm in a trade-off situation, I'm probably going to be inclined to focus on what I'm not getting, what I think I'm missing out on, what I assume I'm giving up, or what I am actually giving up. And it's going to serve me to guide my focus to what I'm gaining and what I'm willing to trade for it. It's in my best interest to position myself as the one in charge of this choice. 
That's why we went through the bother of validating any disappointment or frustration you're feeling because we're not ignoring it. We're not avoiding it. We're not tamping that feeling down and putting a little bottle and sending it into the ocean. We're fully feeling it. We're acknowledging, yes, I don't really love 100% about what's happening right now, but I am allowing myself to feel 100% in charge of the choice I make. If you're going to make a choice that's going to create crappy feelings, let's make it from an empowered place that you can at least feel confident in instead of this victimy place that's focused on what you don't get and what you're not in control of, right? There are some particular questions that can also help you move through this decision and feel confident about your final choice. So when you have to pick between two things and you are willing to focus on what you're going to gain and what you're willing to trade for it, some questions that can help you get to this final choice are, what do I most want? What choice will my future self be happiest with? Or what's most in alignment with my vision or my goals or my values? You certainly don't have to go through all of those questions, but one of them will probably help be your inner compass to a trustworthy decision. And if you don't know your vision goals or values yet, that is totally okay. There is an episode coming on how to prioritize when you're unclear on what you want. And you can also always grab the Clarity Workshop from my website, kirstenparker.com forward slash clarity. It's linked in the show notes. And that walks you through constructing your vision for who you want to be and identifying your clear-cut goals and naming your values so that you can actually ask what's most in alignment with these things and have an answer that you really trust. So I want to share something from my life that is kind of a perfect example of something that a client might bring to a session that we would coach through. One of these situations where I feel like I have competing desires or competing intentions. I want two different things and I don't feel like they can both happen. So let's look at how I applied the strategies that we're talking about in real life, shall we? So I have this group of girlfriends from college. We are all entering our 40s, and the first one of us was going to turn 40. And we have managed to stay friends for like 20 years somehow. It's kind of an unlikely bunch of people. You know those people who just, they're in your life now because they have been. But if we met today, we might not all get along. And we certainly wouldn't be a group that like planned trips together. But it's one of those special situations where we just have those connections and they run deep. And we've made efforts to keep them going, to keep them alive. And there have been babies and weddings and funerals and all of this stuff in our collective history that makes these relationships really meaningful and supportive and very rare feeling. We actually all worked at Starbucks together. That's how we ended up in our lives, all of us but one. So one of the people in my friend group was in my dorm and we were friends there and then we lived together the rest of college. We moved every year, roommates changed, but we always lived together and we just all ended up this happy bunch. Probably more information than you needed, but hey, we're friends now, now you know more. So we planned this trip for the first 40th birthday. And it's also like that was our excuse to all get together this year, to all be in the same place at the same time, because we're all spread out over the country. There are like jobs and family situations and babies and like all this stuff that makes it pretty hard to just get together. So we'd planned this trip. We were really looking forward to it. We were going to Golden, Colorado. 
where we were going to do yoga at Red Rocks and float down rivers. It was going to be super cute. I also had this other friend from this other part of my life, my theater part of my life. My former career is in theater stage management, so I have a whole group of people in my life that's like from that era. And one of them passed away last year. And that friend group organized a camping trip in a place that was really special to this one friend of ours who'd passed away, lovingly dubbed Bummer Camp, because that was 100% his humor. And uh, it was the same week as the Colorado trip. And my theater friends were all going to get together. And that is a group of people who I see far less frequently than these other friends of mine. And it was an opportunity to kind of remember and honor our friend on the kind of the anniversary, the first anniversary of his passing. It was also right by his birthday. So I did feel conflicted. I was one of those situations that happens in life where you're like, I want to do both. And despite all of the strategies that really are effective that we walked through in this episode, sometimes we just get to these sticky points where you're like, I can't do both. I can't have both. It's, it's not possible. So what helped me was to first just have some conversations with myself where I named what I wanted. I cannot emphasize strongly enough how repressed this is in our society, in my expert opinion. We are not encouraged to think about what we want, to name what we want, to spend time being honest and thorough about what we think we want. We really are encouraged to do what other people want, to do what people expect of us, to do what we said we wanted last week or last year or 10 years ago and not change our minds. And we're encouraged to want things that are convenient for us or especially for other people. And I just want to be the voice in your ear that encourages you to really give some space to this part of you that wants things for yourself and like just hand it the microphone for a while. I promise it won't make you selfish. It won't make you self-obsessed. It will just make you feel more driven and motivated and on your own team and expansive and like you deserve it. So we went on a little like soapbox side note there, but this really did help me to just be honest with like, yeah, I want to do both. I really want to go see my girlfriends and just like see where everyone's at in our lives. So much has happened, especially this year. I wanted to go do yoga at Red Rocks. Like what? I've never been there. I don't know when I'll ever have that opportunity again. That sounded so fun. You can see it on my TikTok if you want to, because it was really breathtaking and magical. And I really did want to go to bummer camp. <laughs> As weird as that sounds, um, I didn't want to lose touch with the memory of my friend. And I knew this was going to be a special opportunity to reconnect with some people that I don't know when I'm going to see them again. And I don't know when we're going to have that opportunity. So that was just nice to take that moment to allow myself to be like, this is what I want. And it's one of those things where it's like asking, is there a way I can get everything I want? Can I do both? No. Okay, great. Now we know. Then I went into that place that I asked you to go to where you're aware that you might be cognitively inclined to focus on what you're missing out on or losing, to shift your focus into what you're gaining and what you're willing to trade for it, and use these questions to get more in touch with the answer you're going to most authentically trust. What do I most want? 
What choice will my future self be happiest with? Honestly, that was enough for me. I could live with missing out on bummer camp. There were a lot of logistics involved with that that made it feel less easy. We just got a new puppy. I'm not a camper. I'm very open about that. So I would want my husband there to make it easier and more fun. And we had this new dog and there was all this other life logistics stuff that didn't make it feel easy and compelling to make it happen. And I really did feel compelled to make the other trip happen. And I let that be okay. I was like, okay, this feels like my truth. I didn't need to overthink it and over question it. I decided I was willing to trade off one for the other to do what I most wanted to do. And as part of that trade off, I also made it a point to reach out to a couple of the friends that were really on my mind who were, you know, in the bummer camp, (laughs) camp of people, and just connect with them. Like give myself that mini experience that I didn't want to miss out on completely. So I know that was a long, detailed story, but I wanted to give a really real-life example, and I can't really do that with client examples because I always like combine parts of many clients' stories when I say I'm giving a client example because that's a really good way to protect their anonymity. And I wanted to give you a really real-life, honest look at how you can navigate one of these situations where you just have... Two things you want, and sometimes there's not a tidy, neat, easy, perfect answer. So I hope these strategies help you move through these moments of competing intentions to either see that they are not competing at all, yay, sometimes that's really the case and it's so fun when you get to see it, or maybe to see that they're more flexible than you thought and that you still can get what you want or some version of it if we adjust the how. And when it comes to those times when you do have to choose one thing over the other, I hope this helps you make a clear-headed, authentic decision that you can really stand behind. So I hope to see you at the Get Shit Done Decision-Making Workshop in August. The link for that is in the show notes. It's free, so sign up. And I hope you have a beautiful day. I'll see you soon. Hey there, quick question. How easy does it feel to say no to requests or invites that you really don't want to agree to? Mm, not so much. If you find yourself saying yes to things you don't want to do over and over or putting yourself through agony just to get to a no and then feeling super guilty and maybe even doing it anyway, you're going to love the crash course on how to say no. You can get it for free right now at kirstenparker.com forward slash say no. You'll get a complete PDF workbook with two whole pages of example sentences at the end, literally how to say no to requests and invites and an 11 minute crash course video training that simplifies the whole overwhelming shenanigans of saying no so you can do it without being a terrible person, ruining a relationship, or ending up doing the thing anyway. Go get it now at kirstenparker.com forward slash say no. Enjoy!